And four, and five, and six, nothing. And four, and five, and six, nothing. And four, and five, and six, nothing. Good day, good night. Welcome to Off the Woodworks. We have a show to remember today for a night to remember on Wednesday. Later on, we preview the San Jose versus Montreal game with Lisa Erickson live from the Bay Area. And we preview the weekend in the MLS, the bet of the week, but first and foremost, where were you Wednesday night? If you were not at the Saputo, I hope you're kicking yourself right now. A night for the ages. Something I would never thought I would see with my own eyes. I've witnessed emotions on a grassy pitch that I never thought I would see. When we were young, our parents would always say, I remember when I was, where I was, in 1963 when Kennedy got shot. I remember where we were when we landed on the moon. Well, you know what? I will remember, remember forever the first day of May 2013. May Day was actually really May Day for Toronto FC at the Saputo, a 6 nothing trumping of the Reds by the Blues. Wow, what a night. It just started amazing. Like, the whole night had a vibe and a feeling. A feeling that it's hard to describe. It was a special vibe that we knew something amazing was going to happen on the pitch. I knew something amazing was going to happen in front of me. And it all started off with the Ultras displaying a great TIFO they spent hours and hours working on that TIFO. It was a clown, a red clown with a TFC cap, I, I know. And in his mouth, mouthful of smoke, blue smoke coming out of his mouth. And that was an indicator that the Montreal Impact, EMFC, the blue BMO, would suffocate the Reds. Make it five? Never mind. <laughs> Vancouver, we come prepared. <laughs> I hope the pony gets better though. It, I hope it gets better soon. It's the only black cloud. Him and Arno. Arno, I we didn't hear anything yet, so it must not be that bad. He made the trip, but Paponi, it's for a couple of weeks. They say between four and six weeks. I get more of a feeling between two and four, but that's my personal opinion. So if it happens, you could say you hear it here first. But, yeah, it's probably going to be four weeks around that. So without that pony, we're probably going to see Andrew Wenger get a little bit more playing time. Especially if we keep that 4-4-2 with the diamond in the middle formation. We saw in the game against Toronto in that 6 nothing. Yes, I know, I've said it a couple times and I'll probably say it a couple times more during that episode that the final score was 6 nothing. Two goals for the value. Just a minute of the match. Crazy performance for Justin Mapp. Wow. I've never seen the come over play so well on the field. I was so nice. Anyways, 
come back with Andrew Wigner, we saw in the last game with DeVaio, the link-up play was a lot better. Actually, I've seen Andrew Wigner do a little bit of what Paponi was doing. So, he's his eyes are open, he's looking at what Paponi's doing, and he's probably going to try to emulate the Pope and do and play that way. And it might work with DeVaio that time. And in that 4-4-2 with a diamond with Bernier there, and Philippe is going to play on San Jose, probably Bernier more defensively, it should be, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum with the two shutout in a row, 2 nothing against the Crackers and 6 nothing against Toronto, 6 nothing against Toronto, 6 nothing against Toronto. Can they keep that momentum going? Can they keep that scoring frenzy alive and put a couple past San Jose? I hope to see that. It would be amazing to see Montreal get a result in San Jose. I'm not expecting I'm not expecting a victory. I'm not expecting the full three points there. I'm only expecting a draw. If I get a draw, one point in the row for now, I'll be really happy. Because with with us making the way to the Canadian Championship, wait, no, for us making our way to the Voyagers Cup Final. Because it's a cup, it's not the championship. So with us making our way there, we bought ourselves an extra trip down the west to Vancouver. On May 15th, the first day, the first leg in Montreal, and May 29th in Vancouver. In Vancouver, we come prepared, like I was saying. So get ready. Because you're going to think it's going to be easy, because you're not going to face Toronto. But guess what? We're not Toronto. We're not Toronto. In a lot of ways. <laughs> and after the break, because we're going to take a small break now on Off the Woodworks, and after the break, we're joined by me. And after the break, we're joined by Miss Lisa Erickson from Centerline Soccer. We're going to talk about the Montreal and San Jose game and about anything. We just talked. That was fun. It was really fun. And after the interview, we'll talk about the bet of the week. See on who should I put my money on this weekend. A couple predictions from the weekend, a couple things to watch for in the MLS. And a little shout out to the Blues from London. Yes, the Chelsea. The Chelsea. And guess who's going to be back to Chelsea someday? He needs some love. He needs to go somewhere where he's loved. He's special. Alright, so we're back on Out the Woodworks, and I, it's with great pleasure that I'd like to welcome Miss Lisa Erickson from QuakeRattleAndGold.com and Centerline Soccer. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, all the pleasure is mine. What do you think about the first half of Portland, New England to start? Uh, 
it looks like a two teams that don't really want to score unless they do own goals. Yeah, <laughs> that was very close. Understand. What do you What do you think about Thursday night game? I like having an option for, to come home and to have something different to watch that's live, and then it's one less game to have to try and fit in on a Saturday. That's actually very true. I've been starting to watch a lot of games lately because of this show, and I've been missing a lot of time on the weekends. You have to be able to uh, juggle five different games at once. Yep, like we were saying, I had four screens at once, and I don't even remember any of those games because it's all a blur. <laughs> I know. It's like, what happened? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so McInerney and- plays for who now? What? What? <laughs> Yeah, McInerney scored for Toronto against Sporting Kansas City while being defended by Chara. Is that what I remember? <laughs> yeah, that's basically last night in the sports. Yeah, don't don't tell my listeners that Boston Bruins won last night. There's like one thing we hate more than the Toronto FC, and it's probably the Boston Bruins. <laughs> Ooh, no. yeah. We don't hate Toronto. It's a love-hate relationship. You love to hate them? No, it's what they hate to love us. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> no. Now, what I mean is, we need so, we need an antagonist to love our team better. I hear ya. That's what Quakes have the LA Galaxy. Well, so does the rest of the league. Yeah. But, yeah, basically. White always looks better on black. Go with the black. Yeah. So, speaking about San Jose, it's our next opponent from Montreal this Saturday, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. What is their their strength, their their strong point, their biggest threat, you could say? What's the biggest threat? Well, um, if all goes well, uh, it will be the speed on the wings and getting a... Killer balls into Chris Wondolowski who can poach from anywhere normally. <laughs> so Chavez and Shea Salinas, Marvin Chavez had been out for most of the, the beginning part of the year. And so he is now, uh, back. He's not yet fully, uh, 90 mi- minutes fit, but he's, uh, a very, uh, good acquisition we picked up from, uh, FC Dallas. Yeah. Last year, and uh, him on one wing, and Chase Linus can play on the other wing, and they can swap in the middle of the game and just tire out defenses and midfields. And then, you know, that leaves uh, Wondolowski and whoever Wando's playing with able to get goals. Well, what do you think about Wondolowski's season so far? Is it his fault about, or is it because the service hasn't been there? I think it's a little bit of both. So at first it was, okay, there's not the service and there wasn't the big target forwards with uh, Gordon and Linhart out injured. And then once Gordo and Linny were not injured, then it was like, okay, well, there's no real – by then defense is new to just uh, keep Shea Salinas from running. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't get the balls in and, and Corrales – uh, Romero Corrales really didn't have that ability to, uh, with, he doesn't have the speed, so he just can be a possession holder, but not really one that can attack players, really. And so then it was like, okay, um, 
now with Chavez back and that, we think that's going to be able to, to break, uh, Wando free. However, Wando for some reason wasn't finishing well, but he's always been a streaky striker. Yeah. And normally it takes him to the warmer months before uh, he's actually on fire. Yeah, you were speaking about streaky. We'll talk a, a little bit about Marco Divayo. He's been red hot lately. Do you think oh. the defense of San Jose has got what it takes to stop him on Saturday if he plays? I I think um, it'll be questionable. So normally our backline was uh, Stephen Betasher, Justin Morrow, mm-hmm. uh, Victor Bernardez, and Jay Hernandez. Well, Beta was uh, injured for most of the beginning of the season, so he's now also just coming back and trying to fit in. Uh, Hernandez has been out injured, so now a, a Canadian, Nana Atacora, is in the starting lineup with Bernardez. They do leak goals a lot of times, um, so interesting to see how Bernardez and DeVaio match up and, and if, if uh, DeVaio can make it past them. It'll be it'll be a good matchup. I'm still trying to get back from all the roller coasters emotion from last night. It was a crazy night at the Saputo, and seeing Devayo, two goals and two assists, the way he was playing, he's one of the biggest surprises in the MLS in my opinion so far. Well, six goals in six game, all competitions included, is impressive. So, what do you think about the small Italian so far? Ah. Uh. I, I really do uh, like them. Uh, I mean, DeVaio and, and I said that uh, Papioni is also out injured. But uh, no, I I think Montreal's team is is one to to fear and tremble before. So it'll be it's going to be an exciting matchup. That's for sure. It is. And what's the key for Montreal to beat San Jose? I think uh having that possession and and just getting through the the midfield probably going through the center so not letting not letting uh the quakes have the wings okay if you guys stop the wings make it go through the center then I'm sure there'll be some uh pockets to pick and then you can uh get you know since Justin Morrow and Stephen Bayer like to run up and mm-hmm. press high, that leaves normally one, either Nana Adecoro or Victor Bernardes, uh, exposed in the back. And Romero's been on fire lately. So <laughs> Arnick's on the wings, and Pisano was off on Wednesday, so he's probably gonna be starting on, on Saturday. It's gonna be dangerous. And what is the, what do you see the game shaping up to be? Do you see Montreal more trying to come back to their counter-attack instinct or continue with that small possession game we saw on last night on Saturday? I think it'll be a lot more small possession because, you know, there's the the factor of your fourth game in a and a half, the cross-country long flights and layovers in Toronto and over to San Jose, the fact that when you guys got here, it literally was 32 degrees mm-hmm. Celsius, uh, 90, 96 I think it hit, it actually hit 100 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. on the pitch today uh, at, at Santa Clara. So you guys will be going from 
was snowing how many days ago? <laughs> uh, basically three weeks ago. That's how long spring lasts in Montreal and Quebec. <laughs> About three weeks if you're lucky. So, so I think, uh, the small possession game is going to be key because I'm just hoping that Montreal, well, actually, normally I'd be hoping that Montreal's not too tired, but this game I'm hoping <laughs> they're tired. Sorry. Yeah, made a worry. It is my my second favorite team in MLS. Ale impact. <laughs> and just talking here, for for a rare time, we saw supporters of Montreal last Wednesday um, manifest their opinion and disagreement with the starting eleven of the first game. We saw that on Saturday. What do you think about a supporters group actually manifesting their opinion, and do you think it can affect? The team's performance? I think I can. I think definitely the ultras probably uh, embarrassed the the players because they probably knew that they didn't do their best. And I think they wanted the team wants to to actually um, prove the that their love and respect from the supporters group is merited, and so they're going to play harder to change that. And so you could definitely say with that 6-0 drubbing of uh, the Reds, it was amazing. There was an actually a reconciliation after the game because every single player on the bench, even the dress players who were in the press boxes, came on the field and clapped in front of the ultras. Even Joey Saputo was there as well. So and everybody was like happy, and there's almost, almost a pitch invasion as well at the end of the match. About twenty people jumped on the field. It was actually pretty hilarious to see that. Oh wow! It would have been crazy for the Montreal supporters. There was a big feeling of emotion because a couple of years ago we got trumped six to one, and ever since then, because that that loss made Toronto the Canadian champion in front of Vancouver. It's about oh nine. And we've been teased with that 6-1 ever since. Uh-huh. Well, that game, the 6 nothing, it's our redemption. It's our vendetta. Exact. And, and there was a beautiful. big relief. Oh, it's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I wish that game would have been shown in the United States. We couldn't even find an illegal stream. It was very sad. A lot of people say that our that sport is getting a lot bigger. And they say they want to... MLS would be a top four or five league between 2022, and they said that we're number seven right now, which I doubt. I'm sorry, but we need to have every single game shown somewhere. I agree. Come I on. mean, if we're gonna grow this sport on the continental North America, it needs to not have just okay Canadian Championship games only shown in Canada. I'm like, yeah. no, it needs. You know, there's a market in the U.S. to see it. There's a market in the U.S. to see French games and English games and Italian and, you know. German, especially Germany right now. They're on those, <sighs> that country's playing so well. Was ist das? <laughs> das da? ist gut, ja. That is good, see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just speaking about the growth of MLS for a second, this week Don Garber said that we should expect an announcement in four to six weeks regarding his 20th team in MLS. And rumors have been going everywhere in the interwebs. If that it's going to be New York 2, Cosmos, or New York City FC. But in my opinion, 
the team who deserves it is Orlando City. Oh, by far. I'm so upset that uh, that Garber's been pushing New York City too. And I understand that the Red Bulls are not in New York. They're in New Jersey and no one wants to take the, is it the path or whatever? Well, don't get me started on the Red Bulls. Uh, But I'm saying, so he wants to have this New York City (laughs) make it a, a, from Manchester City and, and have it for all the, uh, étrangers. But, you know what? Orlando City deserves it. They prove that they have what it takes to succeed and beat MLS teams. They've proven that they're willing to, you know, have major tournaments. They're willing to build a stadium and they've got the following. And so it's like, why not let them have it? And the mayor, Mr. Buddy Dyer, Buddy Geyer is really working hard to get that team. And I believe the supporter culture needs to be there before the businesses and you get it a good basin of population, a good base of population of fans with supporter culture, not with businesses. Mm-hmm. So I said it on Twitter many times, I support Orlando City in their quest to have the 20th team just because they deserve it. The supporters have been working hard for a lot of years. They've been I've seen in the beginning there were like four supporters in the stand. They deserve it. So... What I'm thinking is, you know, I think Garber wants to make it up to 24 teams, and so he's saying New York City, too, will come in as the 20th, and then probably in a year or two after that, you'll have your Orlando City, and who knows, maybe by then, Atlanta Silverbacks, or if there's going to be another one. Um, Maybe Indy 11, because there's been a lot of uh, buzz around Indianapolis about the NASL team. Well, I think they have to be in in a... NESL for a while, see how it comes through, and then maybe they'll be able to do something. I just uh, know that it's not going to be a Canadian team, no matter if Edmonton wants to enter. Well, we saw with the Canadian Championship, even if they try hard, they'll still, competition-wise, they're still a couple of steps below, and money-wise, a lot of steps below. Yeah, exactly. What are the things in the weekend we should look for in the entire league? Exactly. What is uh, this weekend, like, the biggest game, your uh, you're one thing you won't miss for sure in the MLS? I won't be missing San, San Jose, Montreal, that's for sure. I'll be <laughs> in the stands there. But um, I don't – it's hard to say. Um, I know everyone wants to talk about L.A., Houston, blah, 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 blah. But I actually – want to see what uh, Sporting Kansas City and Chivas is going to look like. Nice. That is going to be a pretty interesting game, say to speak. Will so, the Goats be back to their former glory of this beginning of the season? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see Chalice and, and what's going to happen. You know, how how he takes a Sporting Park by storm or if it's going to be, you know, and how Kansas City is going to come back from that uh, Portland loss. Yeah. So, that happened. Uh, None of us can. You're so, killing me my fantasy everywhere. You have no idea how lo- how bad a week I had last week. So, but other than that, Real Salt Lake Vancouver is also a great game to to pay attention to. Um, you know, because even though neither team is of their former glory of even last year, but it, it's always a good matchup. On Saturday, the, the earthquakes are going to be missing a lot of good players. Stephen Lenhart. Mr. Goldilocks and Alan Gordon 
which I'm not going to try to find a nickname for. It'll be too Gordo. edgy to do it. Flash yeah. Gordo. Flash Gordo. That's, not, that's pretty good. How, how is the suspension are going to affect the earthquakes? Yeah, so, so Gordo's in his... Uh, third week of suspensions so uh, you know the Quakes thought they could get through with it with uh, Stephen Linhart and uh, that kind of was thwarted by the MLS disciplinary committee uh, yesterday all my troubles seem so far away um, you know Lenny's been walking a very fine line and even Frank Gallup said you know he's 100% behind Linhart but he has to change and he knows it and Yallop knows it and the team needs him to change. So, you know, Linhart, he gives and he takes and he gives a little bit more and he's, yeah, it's not a good thing. And so I'm hoping that these two weeks off for two games, technically, because they're both the Toronto game and the Montreal game will uh, be good for the team overall. So what I expect is you'll see our rookie, Adam Jean. Uh, one of my favorite rookies this season. Oh, he's great. Pillow feet. Oh, what was it? 15 out of the supplemental draft? Yeah, I think so. You know, Wanda was a supplemental draft guy. Jason Hernandez was a supplemental draft guy. I think, uh, was Moro or Beta might have actually got taken. I know that we got Stephen Beta, sure. Because of the trade to get Wando okay. from, from Houston. So we, uh, the Quakes won on that one. So, you know, Gallup has this way of finding, uh, gems in the supplemental draft. And, and his name's Pillow Feet and he's literally amazing for such a young kid. You know, you can yeah. see it between Cordell Cato, who's also going to be probably one of the subs because he's pretty terrific got his first MLS gold uh, last weekend you know and and you see it with Adam Jean how how they have taken the team by storm versus you know Generation Adidas Sam Garza who's kind of lost his confidence oh I'm not a big believer in the Generation Adidas all the players I've seen from the Generation Adidas all have like I don't want to put judgment out. It's not what I want to do. But all seem like they're not too confident for what they're actually working for, and what they they might not always the biggest worker I've seen. Yeah. Well, Andrew Farrell is a Gen Adidas guy, and is okay. I don't know if Deshaun Brown was or is. I don't know who this oh, the class. I said this because of a Valentin last season. Yeah. Well, I heard between the grapevine that you had a lot of troubles between. Adjusting to the play, adjusting to a professional environment, and well, like, Zarek was not no longer Generation Adidas when yeah, Montreal. Yeah, he picked. was last season. Last season, last year, I believe. No, but no, last year oh, he okay. wasn't, and he he graduated. That's yeah. why the thing okay. is that Chivas thought he was still Generation Adidas, and so didn't put him uh, protect him from the supplemental draft, and didn't realize he had graduated because he uh. played so much. And so they were really peeved when Montreal picked him up because of the fact that they thought he was automatically safe. Well, that's a good anecdote. I didn't know that. 
but uh, Andrew Wanger is. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, he made amends last night. Watching him play last night reminded me why he was our first pick. That's two awesome. Years ago. Because as I said, it's been ages since. I, so here, the players. Yeah. So just 2013 Generation Adidas, Deshaun Brown, okay. Andrew Farrell. Jason Johnson, who I've never heard of. He plays for Dynamo, or he's supposed to be. Uh, uh, Keikuta Mana, who got the brace. Mikey Lopez, Zimmerman, and Zavaleta. So those are this year's. Whereas 2012 would be, you know, Jean-Baptiste, Darren Maddox, Pollock, Rowe. Kellen Rose is still doing well, isn't he playing tonight? Well, I think he's on the pitch. Yeah, I haven't seen. You're talking about the gems in the in the supplemental draft, and it made me think that a couple people have been saying that a lot of scouts and people working in the league are not even watching the games. And I wouldn't be surprised if that is true. Yeah, well, it's like you're even the yeah talking about the players and saying, "Have you ever?" watched an MLS game and they all say no and you're like really this is a professional league in the country that you might actually go to and you've never seen an MLS game even worse like uh, Portland GM who actually traded for Donovan Ricketts last year for sure he's never <laughs> hey. seen him play well Donovan Ricketts is doing pretty well tonight <laughs> yes but that's, you don't count the four games before that and the, last, the next ten games where Portland's going to score three goals to win the game. <laughs> yes, true. But uh, I just have to say, Portland, yeah. he had some nasty saves against uh, Wanda. He's all or nothing. Either he's going to make big parades and stop everything and kneel nailed against Mexico at Azteca for Jamaica. I know. Or it's going to be four nothing and we're going <laughs> to, he can't, he's not going to stop at beach ball. Well, as I said, I would rather face Donovan Ricketts with Montreal than uh, Troy Perkins. I was oh, wow. so mad last year when uh, Montreal signed Troy Perkins uh, literally the week before San Jose came, oh, and they had just and San Jose had just played Portland, so it's not like he didn't know yeah. how San Jose played. I'm like, really, really? And we won that game probably because of that three to one <laughs> and a red card. So I yes. think. Uh, it's the Quakes' turn to win. Thanks. Well, a small prediction. Do you think the Goonies are going to be back on Saturday? I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. Well, that's a pretty good prediction. Well, again, I want to thank you, Lisa, for being part of Off Woodworks. Thank you for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure. Well, my, all my listeners, if you want to read what Lisa has to say, go on com or listen to her on Centerline Soccer. We'll be right back after this. Yeah, we're back on Off the Woodworks. We're gonna talk about the bet of the week. Three games, I believe I can predict the outcome. I'll put five bucks on it. 
we'll see where it goes from there. First one I'm going to talk about, it's Philadelphia against Seattle. It's not going well for Seattle, and I expect Mr. Jack McInerney to come back to his scoring ways in the weekend, so put Philly in your bet to win against Seattle. Colorado against the FC. The Rockies versus Toronto. Toronto got hammered last Wednesday, 6-0 against Montreal, if you didn't know already. 6-0 against Montreal. And I believe Colorado is going to do another jumping on them. They're going to play better at home. Clint Irwin is going to have another cracker of a game in net for Colorado. And Colorado's winning. And then you get San Jose and Montreal. Something I said that I would never do, that I've been doing for the last two weeks. I predict a draw. I predict this, like Lisa Erickson said, it's going to be a draw. So put your money on Philly to win, Colorado to win, and San Jose Montreal draw. $5, it'll give you 60 bucks and 20 cents. It can vary depending on where you place your bet, but that's what I'm doing. And a couple of things to watch for in the other game in the MLS. How will San Jose's defense handle Marco Rivallo? We've talked about that with Lisa, and let's see what happens there. Will Kansas City come back strong after that devastating collapse against the Timbers? They play Chivas at home, at Sporting Park, at the Cauldron. Bieber, Bieler, better score. Zussi, Puma, and Ned. Come on, boys. I need you on my fantasy. Speaking of fantasy, join the Fantasy League of Off the Woodworks on MLSsoccer.com, 15121-3320. Will the rematch of last year's final of the MLS Cup be another win for LA? Can Houston finally beat LA? They're playing in LA at the Home Depot Center against Houston. I believe LA is going to win that one. We'll see if LA's players can do good. And where RSL will RSL with the Real Salt Lake find their legs? Can they finally get a couple points under their belt under their belts and put a streak together? Come on, RSL, you can do it. So that's just to watch for in the weekend in the MLS. This we actually know now who's going to be in the finals of the Champions League and Europa League. Like I was saying, Chelsea, the Blues. Made it to the final of the Europa League by winning 3-1 on Thursday against FC Basel. And they're going to face Benfica, who over overcame Fenerbahce. So it's Chelsea and Benfica, May 15th, in the final of the Europa League. And the final of the Champions League. Well, it's all set. And like everybody knew before the semifinals return games, both German clubs prevailed. Dortmund got a scare. Real Madrid went to one goal of going through, but they couldn't get that equalizer at the end of the game. And Munich destroyed Barcelona again. They finished 3-0, 7-0 on aggregate. 7-0. That's really close to a 6-0 score, right? 7-0 is pretty close to 6-0. Oh, well. <laughs> So I want to thank everybody for listening to Off the Woodworks with an X. You know why. You can reach me on email, offthewoodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter, at Hoff the Woodworks. Go like my page on Facebook, 
go subscribe to my feed and soon we'll be on iTunes we're just pending review so hopefully by the time you hear this it'll be on iTunes have fun tomorrow and have a great soccer yeah.